This is the Build Wealth Canada podcast with Cornell Schreiber, session number two. Welcome to the Build Wealth Canada podcast, where it's all about becoming debt-free, accelerating your wealth, and taking control of your money. Now, here's your host, Cornell Schreiber. Hey, it's Coral here, and welcome to episode two of the Build Wealth Canada podcast. And today's episode is going to be a special one because just recently, actually, I wrote an article that's going to be published in the next issue of the Canadian Money Saver magazine. And in case you haven't heard of the Canadian Money Saver magazine, it's actually one of the major personal finance magazines here in Canada. They've actually been around since 1981, which is frankly longer than I've been alive. And it's just an honor really to be featured in such a large, reputable magazine, uh, along with so many other experts in the personal finance field. So for this podcast, what I wanted to give you is an audio version of that article, in case you prefer to listen to the material instead of actually reading it. Uh, So this article is basically my story about how my wife and I became mortgage-free just after I turned 29. And in it, I share some practical tips that have really helped me and my wife achieved debt freedom at such a young age. And really they're tips that you can start applying right away in your life too. Now, as this podcast series continues, I'm gonna share more and more tips and guides with you on how we did it, as well as some best practices from other experts. But in the meantime, think of this particular podcast episode and and this particular article that it's about really as the first few steps that you can start applying immediately to get that couple steps closer to becoming debt-free and and achieving debt freedom. So without further delay, here is the published article that I wrote for the famous Canadian Money Saver magazine. All right, so when people find out shortly after turning 29 that we were mortgage and debt-free, interesting assumptions seem to arise, such as us eating canned tuna every day or never taking vacations or never going out. In reality, we do actually take several vacations per year. We go out at least once per week. And as much as I enjoy eating tuna, and usually that's in sushi form, we still do go out to eat regularly. Yet doing all of this while not earning massive salaries, we were still able to have our mortgage paid off and be debt-free shortly after turning 29. Now, in today's culture, there seems to be an acceptance that debt is normal and to live in quote-unquote, normal life, you must be in debt. We hear about the average Canadian having $25,597 on average in consumer debt, and we think, hey, they being in debt must be normal. Or we hear about people in a massive debt crisis and at the point of financial collapse and think, wow, well, at least we're not in that bad of shape. We must be doing okay. The reality is that by focusing on three critical elements, Anybody can massively reduce their debt and enjoy the stress reduction and drastic increase in wealth that comes with it while still enjoying and living life to the fullest. All right, so how did it all start? Well, after graduating, my wife and I purchased a home and really quickly we started feeling the pain of the giant pile of money leaving our account every two weeks. Uh, I started dreaming of all the things we could do with that money once we owned the house free and clear. 
By renting, we could never really live rent-free, but in a house, this was actually possible once the mortgage was paid off. So after spending some time fantasizing of early retirement, more frequent vacations, and all the things we could do with the increased disposable income once the mortgage was paid off, it was time to get to work. So here we get to step one, which I titled, Where Am I Bleeding Financially? So the first step was finding out where our expenses were coming from and then determining which of those expenses could be trimmed on an ongoing basis while still enjoying life, so sushi and then vacations. Now, like everyone else, the last thing I wanted to do after work was spend hours entering receipts and writing up budgets. So the ultimate goal was to find an automated solution where receipts and expenses didn't have to be inputted by me. So basically having a software automatically download and categorize all my transactions. And so that by spending just a few minutes every week, I could quickly find out where my money was going and where the financial bleeding was actually taking place. Now, the second objective was to have the system automatically warn me when I'm overspending in certain areas, like going out to eat or doing too much shopping. So I experimented with every tool that I could find, basically from something as creating my own spreadsheets to using off-the-shelf accounting programs to using different personal finance software and then different online tools. So really after trying all that and doing all that experimenting, these days I basically use mint.com to manage and automate uh, everything that I just mentioned. Uh, It's actually also a free service. So basically this lets me spend just minutes managing my finances every week while knowing exactly where all the money is going and also warning me of any discrepancies, suspicious activity, and any areas that I'm in danger of overspending in. What's interesting is that money has a way of being spent whether you're consciously aware of where it's going or not. So by having an automated system like this in place, I was able to save hours every month by not having to draw up budgets or enter receipts and ensure that as much money as possible was being put towards paying down the mortgage or paying down the debt quicker. All right, so that was step one. Now step two I called getting aggressive. So after obtaining financial awareness in step one, it was time to set an aggressive goal of how much of the mortgage or debt was to be paid off each month. So by knowing how much we actually needed to live on every month from step one, and in here I did include some fun money as well since we do actually want to enjoy life a little bit as well. So after doing all that, I determined that a good aggressive goal was to use 50% of our after-tax household income on paying down the mortgage quicker. So this is in addition to our existing monthly mortgage payments. So we would do our, our regular mortgage payments and then basically use the 50% of our after-tax household income on top of our regular mortgage payments in order to be able to pay it off quicker. Now, before you stop reading, because 50% sounds ridiculous, uh, please hear me out as it's really just about being honest with yourself when determining what items are a want, quote-unquote want, versus what is an actual need uh, when thinking of buying something. So if you followed step one, you will quickly notice all the things you're spending money on that can be cut to reach that 50% without sacrificing your standard of living and still enjoying life. So now that we had that goal of 50%, here's what we did. 
At every paycheck, my wife contributed a set amount of money to a joint checking account. This amount was basically determined in step one when we did our expenses analysis, and it's a figure that we basically both agreed upon. So this joint account was then used for all of our spending, such as groceries, fuel, restaurants, regular mortgage payments, etc. The amount that she didn't transfer to the joint account from her paycheck was her own personal money that she could use however she wanted. So this really prevented a lot of couples conflict as it basically what it did is it gave her guilt-free money that she could spend on whatever she wanted, whether it's a new pair of shoes, clothes, etc. We really never got into fights about money because she had her money and all the expenses and debt payments were already taken care of first. Now, step two was with every paycheck that I got from work, almost the entire amount, so basically it ended up being over 95% of that amount, went to a separate savings account, which was used exclusively to pay down the mortgage as quickly as possible. Now, the remaining 5% was basically used for my own personal fund money. So this way, she had a bit of her fund money that I couldn't complain about and, and, and I had my own fund money that she couldn't complain about. So we still had some freedom. We still had some money we could spend how we want. But the majority, the overwhelming majority of our finances were going towards paying down the expenses, uh, which is which was her responsibility. And then my side of the income was going all towards paying down the mortgage quicker. So since we still want to have some fun, uh, with international travel and had the occasional emergencies such as the car breaking down, such expenses were covered by the joint account as much as possible. I would use some of my extra mortgage payment money to cover any sort of difference. So really by doing this, we were able to pay off the entire mortgage in under six years on a typical salary of someone in their 20s. Now the question becomes, could we have been more aggressive? And I would say definitely. Uh, but this just goes to show you that you don't have to live without any vacations and other fun experiences just because you're being financially responsible. It's simply a matter of moderation. So sticking to your goals and really not falling for the consumer trap. Uh, so definitely we could have not taken any vacations. We could have gone out once a month instead of once a week. I mean, we could have done all these other things to have be able to pay this mortgage off even quicker. But I mean, this is something that you, you really do want to find a balance in and, and it's, you still do want to enjoy life a bit while, you know, while you're young and, and healthy and that. So, so really it's all about moderation and just finding the, a good mix. Now, what if you're single? Well, having dual incomes definitely helps, but you can still take advantage of many of the things married people have by living with roommates. So for example, you can purchase a house and rent some of the rooms to live almost rent-free right away. You can also split the cost of food by taking turns doing groceries and cooking, for example. Now, with roommates paying most of, if not all, your mortgage, you can easily put 50% of your income towards paying down the mortgage debt or towards another form of investing. All right, so next we have the final step three, which is avoiding the consumer trap. So while step one and two are all about gaining awareness, determining our goals, step three is quite possibly the most critical of all, which is avoiding the consumer trap. And this is what made that savings rate of 50% possible. Now this is easier said than done as companies literally spend billions of dollars every year trying to persuade us that what we want 
is actually something that we need. Now, when this happens, we as humans let our guard down, then we justify the purchase in our heads. So for example, I deserve that new car because I've been working really hard or I deserve that new phone, etc. And really that's when the marketing and salespeople go in for the kill. So there are many ways to avoid the consumer trap and, and save money on things we do actually need. Well, I'm gonna be covering these in a lot more detail and giving you these different tips uh, on the buildwealthcanada.ca blog. Here are some key lessons that have allowed us to become mortgage-free and debt-free in our 20s. All right, so hint number one is to read the top personal finance books. Uh, for example, I highly recommend David Shulton's uh, The Wealthy Barber and The Wealthy Barber Returns. The Wealthy Barber is a classic that really got me started in thinking intelligently about money at a young age and really built a great foundation of personal finance knowledge. His subsequent book, The Wealthy Barber Returns, is also a must read as really what it does, uh, well, I find is it updates uh, on what was taught in the first book and provide some great additional financial wisdom that can be applied right away. Uh, the original Wealthy Barber, it's, I mean, it's been off for quite a while, so I, I definitely recommend reading The Wealthy Barber Returns just because he does update some of the things uh, and it's just basically in the world of personal finance, you do want to have uh, sort of the, the latest and most current news. So uh, reading those two, I think, will give you an extremely solid personal finance foundation for sure. I also recommend the book The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas Stanley and William Denko. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that name right, but uh, basically this book discloses the habits of the wealthy that you can try to emulate in your own life. So basically I use this book as a checklist to make sure that I'm developing the correct wealth building habits. In this book, the author looks at all the different millionaires and looks at the different things that they have in common. And so it's really interesting to be able to learn about their lifestyles and how they think about money and how they do certain things. And, and I think uh, definitely it's worthwhile emulating some of them and really just, just I mean, if, if you want to get to that level yourself, to that millionaire level, it does make sense to try to model other millionaires as much as possible. So uh, definitely, I recommend that book. Even if your ambition isn't to be some multi-millionaire businessman or, you know, anything like that, I still do think that, you know, a book like that and adapting some of these habits that they recommend is something that can help you at least, you know, retire early or at least retire wealthy enough to be able to enjoy your years. All right, now another critical component was really focusing time and energy on areas that have the biggest impact on our financial well-being. For example, avoiding consumer debt like the plague, picking the right mortgage, and ruthlessly cutting car costs as opposed to clipping 50 cent coupons or trying to find a quote-unquote deal on a consumer item that in reality we shouldn't be purchasing in the first place. Uh, I mean, I see this happen all the time where you get, I, I talk to people and they get excited about, oh, I got, you know, these these name brand jeans at, you know, $20 off. Okay, well, that's great, but did you really need these brand new name brand jeans, right? And <laughs> the answer is you should really know, but companies have this way of making you feel good about your purchase because you got this great deal, but then few people actually ask themselves, well, hold on a second, do I actually need this? Is this even really necessary? So really, instead of focusing on things of, of that nature and trying to get deals on things you don't even need, uh, what I do recommend is you focus on these bigger ticket 
items, like I mentioned, the the mortgage, for example, cutting car costs. I mean, some, these are some of the things that are going to make a huge, huge impact in your financial well-being. So, I mean, these types of things, they can actually be pretty much a book on their own. And, and you know, books have been written j- just on those subjects alone. So, I mean, I'll cover them in greater detail on the Build Wealth Canada that's a blog and on this podcast and in future episodes as well. But this is just something that I think is a good stepping stone. It's, it's something nice to get you started, something you can start doing right away. And definitely be sure to sign up on the buildwealthcanada.ca website. I'm going to have some more video tips, more podcasts will be getting released. There'll be some new articles, you know, different guides as well. Definitely check it out. Hopefully you subscribe to this podcast. You can enjoy it on your, on your way to work, get your dose of personal finance knowledge for the day as well, and really use these resources to become debt and mortgage free. All right, well, I hope you enjoyed the audio version of this article, and I really look forward to sharing more personal finance tips, tricks, best practices with you in the next podcast and in the future blog posts. Also, as usual, I've posted links to all the tools and books that I mentioned in this episode, along with an episode summary, and you can get all those in the show notes, and the link to the show notes is buildwealthcanada.ca slash two, so just the number two. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, Like I said before, definitely go to buildwealthcanada.ca and sign up to be part of our newsletter. And I'll let you know when we have new podcast episodes, uh, new interviews with different experts in the personal finance field. I'm also working on a nice free gift as well for all the subscribers. So if you sign up, I'll definitely send that to you as soon as it's done. And if you did like this episode and and you are enjoying this podcast so far, please definitely uh, subscribe. If you are using iTunes, I would definitely appreciate you going on there, giving the podcast a good review. Um, If you did enjoy it, basically that will really help, I think, get the podcast out there and it also helps secure better and better guests for the show as well. All right, so thank you very much for your time. I hope you got some value out of this and I will see you on the next podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Build Wealth Canada podcast at www.buildwealthcanada.ca. 